You're listening to Integration Redesigned, the podcast that unpacks ideas, trends, and topics that directly impact developers and tech professionals. Join us as we learn from experts who are innovating and developing emerging tech with the world's leading brands. Hello, and welcome back to Integration Redesigned. I'm your host, Kate Port, and in this episode, I am joined once again by Matt, Head of Strategy here at Digibee. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks, Kate. Happy to be here. Feels like we talk quite a bit these days as we're thinking about strategy. Today, we're going to talk about how Digibee empowers MuleSoft users to overcome three key limitations. We hosted a webinar a little while ago, and in that webinar, Matt, you talked about the importance that software doesn't require costly updates how integration should unlock the backlog, not make it longer or larger, and how transparent pricing and the impact of shifting with company needs is a critical factor in making a decision around a tool. So talk to me first about legacy software. I'm so used to everything, uh, particularly consumer-related, updating of its own. My phone gives me a notification that says, hey, this needs an update. Occasionally, I have to do an update on another product that I'm using. Uh, We use a lot of cloud products in the house. So I take advantage of all of those applications being updated automatically. What's going on with the legacy platforms related to application integration technologies? Yeah, well, let me answer by by flipping the question. And so the, the analogy or the example that you gave of consumer technology applies. And that's one of the beauties of, of cloud technology, whether it's delivered to consumers or whether it's deserve, delivered to enterprises. So take the iPhone example or or whatever your favorite phone is. Um, sure, you get the you get the the OS up update push from Apple or from or from Google. Um, and then what happens? Well not only is the OS op- update, excuse me, and your phone works the way it's supposed to, but all the apps that are on your phone work, right? That's that's actually really the magic of it. So now let's talk about what legacy software, the reality with legacy software, and particularly with integration software. To upgrade legacy integration software, that is software that's deployed on-premises, um, requires the organization that's using it not only to go through the process of upgrading the software, um, uh, which means typically stopping the runtimes that are running, that are effective, but it also means once the updates are done, on the machines, that there has to be regression testing done. You have to test against every source and target system and data source to make sure that they still work. It's not magic like it is on our phones, right? Um, it's not managed for us. Maybe it's a better way to say it, a more realistic way to say it, um, as it is when when we update our phones uh, from Apple and then all the all the apps that we have on our phones. That's a huge, huge pain point for organizations. I speak from experience here because, Kate, as you know, I've, I've worked in this market a long time. And one of the challenges that, that we used to face at, at my former employers where we sold on-premises integration software was it was very hard for us to convince our customers to upgrade to new versions. Keep in mind, they had the right to upgrade. They didn't have to pay anything more to upgrade because they had a perpetual software license. But the pain of going through the upgrade was such that it was a constant challenge for us to move our customers to the most current versions. That then creates challenges for the provider where they have to maintain a lot of versions and it creates major resource constraints in their development organization. 
So it's a really long way of saying, um, and it's it's a it's a complex topic, but it's actually kind of an easy topic. And I think if you know you think about it the way you described from a consumer perspective, the beauty of cloud technologies like Digibee is we're managing your stack for you, at least that portion of the stack, right? We're managing your integration stack for you. Legacy technology is a major hindrance to um, to organizational efficiency, agility, et cetera. So that's what I would say about that. Critical to have something that can be run in the cloud on uh, versus what we have today. We talked internally with our customers and their ability to burn the backlog or get things done and enable and empower them to focus on the most critical and revenue-driving initiatives. The second topic you talked about was how legacy integration and technology impacts this amount of work. What are your thoughts on that? Right. So in that webinar, I referred to um, the 2023 State of Enterprise Integration Report that that Digibee published um, earlier this year. And and one of the data points from that report, and the one that I found most interesting, um, is that 60% of, of um, 60% of projects that are in the backlog require IT support, excuse me, require integration support. So, so most, more than half of the backlog has an integration requirement. Now, maybe at first blush, that sounds like a big number. I think you think about it a little bit more. It's probably not that surprising because any project that touches multiple portions of an organization, any project that is transformational in any way, um, probably is going to require integration technology because it's going to ultimately require the use of multiple software systems and packages, right? Um, but surprising or not, the point is there's a lot of work that has to be done. So so what's the, what's the implication for legacy? Well, the implication for legacy is multiple. Number one, as, I, as we just talked about a minute ago, there's a lot of focus on on having to maintain prior versions, which means not taking advantage of the most modern capabilities that your legacy vendor is shipping, et cetera. Probably more important than that, there's just a huge resource constraint. Um, really, all of the legacy integration technology vendors, MuleSoft, IBM Oracle, Tipco, Software AG, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, have extensive certifications for developers who who are expert in those technologies. And it's really only those people who are able to address the backlog, which means that you have a small pool of available resources to, to burn down that backlog. One of the wonderful things about Digivee and one of the reasons I was really attracted to joining the company is that we want to serve and we do serve all developers in the organization. We don't require certification um, because our product is so easy to use. So it's a major challenge for, for MuleSoft and other vendors, um, other legacy integration vendors, is is this pretty tight market around the skill set associated with using their technologies. I think it's really important to think about the ability for your team to burn that backlog, right? We've talked about my experience on the product side, and that was always something that was brought to the table where there's, there's always a longer list of things to get done. So if there was anything to make that process easier, we wanted to make sure that our development teams, both at DigiB and elsewhere, had the tools available to them to get their job done so that they could focus on delivering the critical value. 
because the most valuable work is in the innovation and the new, uh, not necessarily the maintenance and and making sure that things are running. Yeah, it's a zero sum game, right? Um, every minute a developer spends um, on backlog is a minute that she can't spend on innovation. So I absolutely agree with you 100%. The final topic that we covered was around pricing. Yeah. Cheaper doesn't necessarily mean better. Um, in our case, it does. Uh, one of the more common pieces of feedback that we and review platforms like G2 and Gartner Peer Reviews receive about integration technology is that it's confusingly priced and in many cases prohibitively expensive. What's your take on this? Yeah, well, I'm generally a believer that you get what you pay for. Um, um, I, I think you know I, I like watches and um, sometimes you're paying for exclusivity, you're paying for you know limited availability, you're paying for prestige, et cetera. But I would make the argument that most enterprises don't wanna pay for prestige, right? Because they're not running around saying, um, you know, look look at my integration technology on my on my wrist. Um, so I think cost is a reason is a super reasonable thing to talk about. Um, we know that legacy integration technology is very expensive. The pricing model for legacy integration technology is basically pay for the most you'll ever use with the virtual core, whether you use that for two minutes a year, or whether you're using it for 90% of your workload, you have to pay for the most you'll ever consume. So that's a, that's a, that's a classic, typical, um, uh, core-based license model, virtual core-based license model as well. And, you know, one of the ways that we're able to deliver, um, a better quality solution for a lot less cost than the legacy vendors is by, is by, um, charging based on a consumption model. So you pay for what you use, not more, not less. Um, and that's super attractive. So um, the other part, of course, with the very high costs, and we touched on it earlier, uh, of legacy vendors, it has to do with maintenance, maintenance and support. So the classic model is a is a perpetual software license. I get the right to use the software forever. And then I pay typically 20% of that, 22% if I'm Oracle customer, um, for ongoing maintenance and support, which is bug fixes, um, the right to upgrade, et cetera. Um, what that means is functionally, I'm probably not getting innovation associated with that additional cost. So I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to make sure I don't have bugs as opposed to paying some substantial discount over that to continue to get innovations delivered to me. So, so I, I think, um, you know, is a Porsche a better car than a Toyota Corolla? Maybe. Certainly more expensive and it's faster and it's, you know, it's it's um, more attractive, whatever. But I don't think that's what enterprises are really focused on and worried about. So I, I think this is a great example of where um, maybe you don't get what you pay for. Certainly an interesting one. I know that when we were catching up about this, you mentioned uh, margins, uh, and anything you want to touch on there? Yeah. You know, again, I have a lot of, uh, personal experience in this from, from earlier in my career. And, and the reality is that, um, corporations are, are very good at protecting their margins and the traditional license model of perpetual software licenses I've mentioned a couple of times. It's a super high margin business, right? The incremental cost of a second piece of license in that model is zero, right? 
It's a great model. It's an amazing business model. And um, that's the downside to cloud for software vendors is, is that amazing um, business model has, has gone away to a very large degree. Um, and then again, selling the maintenance um, on top of that. Maintenance also very high margin, not as high margin. Um, so these legacy vendors want to protect that margin because it's their business. It's how they run, right? And, um, you know, a very well-run software company that um, that sells perpetual licenses and, and, and maintenance and support probably enjoys a 40 to 60% margin. In our business, in the cloud business, single-digit percent, kind of like a grocery store or a transportation company or things like that, it's low margin. Um, and what that means for us is we don't have as much flexibility on our price. Um, this is true for most most cloud vendors. Um, but you're getting what you pay for. You you are getting, you know, there there of course there's margin built in. We have to we have to have a margin, um, but it's thin, um, and that's a very very different reality than than legacy companies. The last thing I'll say about it, Kate, is there are a lot of legacy companies that are now owned by private equity companies, and you know the the basic operating model of private equity can be more complicated than that this but is is to generate cash um, and you generate cash through margin and so margin development at the expense of investment is a pretty typical strategy for for private equity so the the last thing i would say and this is not directed to mulesoft which obviously is part of salesforce which is publicly owned um, but there are other companies out there like this that are pe owned is is to really look at the investment um that your legacy vendor is really making into your product. Um, my bet is that it's far below what it should be. I think that's a really interesting note to end on is what is the investment that your solution that you've contracted with, you know, if I'm a customer, what is the investment that they are making in their technology to drive innovation? And I know that for for me as a marketer in selecting new technologies and applications, I'm very much looking for the next innovative technology so that they grow with my business, so that they're investing in the things that I need, so that when I say I need feature X, they're right there willing to say, yeah, that's right. That's going to drive your business further, as opposed to putting that on some list that's going to get, you know, captured in a different way. So I think it's not just about facts and figures, you know, dollars and cents, um, you know, and updates and upgrades, but, but really thinking more about innovation and what's going to help bring your company into the next phase of growth, because yep. that's ultimately what you want some of these tools to help you grow towards. Agree. Yeah. Well, that once again, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. I learned quite a bit. I was able to watch both the webinar and have this conversation with you today. So I appreciate the time. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of Integration Redesigned. Thanks for joining. You've been listening to Integration Redesigned. To learn more about how DigiB can help your team connect and integrate systems at scale, visit digib.com. Thanks for listening.